What up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Victor Cruz Show. Um, I, you know, I thought I was going to do this show. We're, we're myself and Paul are remotely doing this show today. I'm in Los Angeles. He is in New York. I thought I was going to be alone because, as always, I'm punctual. You know what I'm saying? And Paul, he made it. Um, he's here uh, a little late, but he's here. He made it. So, talk to the people, P. I just want to go on the record and say I'm not happy about. Me being in New York, you being in L.A., somehow you always get the sweet end of the stick, Paul. Somehow you always end up with the sweet gig, and I end up, you know, in slush. It's slush over here. It's, it's all cold. good. As long as you got your Kith Monkler scarf, you're good to go, Maji. <laughs> you're good to go. Uh, how's L.A. treating you, brother? L.A.'s fantastic. I landed here and had to remove articles of clothing because I was so hot. Uh, I don't know if you, that's something you actually want to hear at this moment, but I was so hot, P, that I had to take, I had to take clothes. I had jackets and things on. I was just taking things off. I don't know. That probably makes you a little upset, but it's the truth, and I can't shy away from the truth. Let's just get out with the show, man. I don't even want to do okay. it. Okay. Uh, I want to start off something a little controversial by um, our guy Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who said that the NBA is going to take over as the league of America over the NFL. Um, wow. How do you feel about that, Pete? Your initial thoughts? My initial thought is I would have thought that already happened, to be honest with you. Um, look, I think because of a lot of the things that are going on on the field, the NFL's been in a little bit of trouble, right? Um, just given, you know, all the concussions and people retiring and CTE and all those types of things. But I think this year that's been compounded by the things going on off the field, right? Um, yep. No secret, the Trump thing, and we've talked about this both on air and off air. Um, you know, athletes kneeling and, and, and this and that and how people feel about it. And, you know, we actually just had a very, I'll call it spirited conversation in Aspen, if you remember. Um, spirited. Uh, yeah, about... Uh, People thinking about that kneeling is being disrespectful to the flag, and we won't go down that path. But um, I'm not surprised at all. I guess in, a, in, a, in a, a long-winded way of saying I'm not surprised at all, and I believe that it will happen. How do, do you agree? Do you disagree? Were you shocked? Yeah, I, I agree. It's funny because obviously I've played in the NFL, and you know I'm still very, very much embedded in the culture, in the league, and the NFL, and the whole thing. And I think he's right. I think a obviously because you know NBA they're not wearing any helmets. So you get to see those guys. You get to, you know, love them as players, as people, their mannerisms when you're walking in, their fashion. You get to see so many different sides of them in just two hours of watching TV. You know what I'm saying? So football is getting a lot of attention because this is a – I truly believe that this year was a turning point in some way for the NFL. So much has gone on. So much has changed the way not only – viewers watch the game but parents owners different types of you know leaderships around the world have viewed this game as a violent game as one that's highly political and and obviously the present has made it that way and um it's just a tough year for the NFL in general i mean half of your star players if not you know all the majority are injured like season ending injuries and you don't have that same energy that you feel in the NFL as you do the NBA and things like that. So I think Kareem's got a point. I think anytime Kareem said something that has been a little controversial, I think he's always had somewhat of a point. And 
it begs the conversation. So here we are. I, having... I, think, I, I think you bring up excellent points as usual. I didn't even factor in the injury portion to it, right? Yeah. I was thinking about like so that's you know it's almost been like the perfect storm, right? Like, and I mean that in a negative way. It's been the perfect storm of like all of these things happening all at once at the NFL, yeah. and all of the flip that coin. The NBA is having one of their most successful, exciting. It's crazy! Games. It's See, crazy. LeBron's playing out of his storm. mind. Russell coming off an MVP year, still balling. Uh, all the energy of the trades from you know Carmelo, Paul George. You know, all the uh, Kyrie is playing out of his mind as well. I mean, you got all this parody. The East looks like competitive. You want to watch the Knicks and Porzingis play. You want, like, all these teams have these great storylines in the NBA that are positive, that are player driven. And the NFL doesn't. They have things that are off the field that are more influential and talked about than the things that are on the field. And that's tough. But even that being said, there's a lot going on with the NFL right now. 100%. And, and a lot. And they just renewed Roger Goodell's contract through 20, 2023. I don't know if you know that. I heard the bag was real heavy. Heavy. Heavy bag. And it's just like we, and this is my personal opinion. This has no, obviously, I, you know, I want to put up that NFL disclaimer that like this has nothing, you know, things well, that are said I, I, on this I, I show. I'm on the mute button right now, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> but I do not believe in Roger Goodell, or not just Roger, but one person. I think this is the problem. I think it's a problem that we have one person that makes an arbitrary decision on the livelihood of these NFL players. Mm. And it's unfortunate and it's unfair that the opinion of one man is heavily deemed upon the players for honest mistakes that they've made in their lives, in their young lives. I mean, these players are 20, 20 to 28 years old like these are times they're gonna make mistakes things are gonna happen they're human they are gonna make mistakes if they get exonerated by the you know by the judicial system by the government by the police department and they're exonerated why do they have to still serve a five-game suspension for the nfl you know what i mean that those are the things that kind of don't connect with me yes i understand that the the league may have been looked at in a bad shape but a five or four or three game suspension doesn't warrant that, especially if all the charges were dropped. So those are things that I kind of battle with in my own mind. That one man has all of this power. You know what I'm saying, P? Uh, listen, you you've played in the league and been you know super successful in the league. So um, I can only imagine how close it is to you and your heart and, and your colleagues and peers and friends. Um, I, I can't disagree with anything you said. I gotta agree with you 100. As much as it pains me, I gotta agree 100 percent with you. Exactly. Okay. Shifting gears in the NFL, Steelers Pats. This could potentially be an AFC Championship game preview. Huge game. I think both teams are testing their playoff merit. How good they really are. Um, and this game, I think it's on Sunday night or Monday. I know it's on primetime television. Are you excited for this one, P? I'm excited for this one. I'm excited, but I think we're excited for different reasons. And, and I definitely, I know we didn't discuss this, but I definitely want to get your take on this. Okay. This, yes, could be a playoff preview, but maybe just as important or maybe even more important or definitely more exciting, potentially, is this could be the MVP preview. Oh, wow. And it's, and it's not between quarterbacks as it normally is. Okay. It's between the GOAT, Tom Brady, and someone that played your that plays your position. Antonio, is that where you're going? That's where I'm going with it. What do you thought? Do you think? Do you think it's even possible that a wideout can win MVP in this day and age? 
I think it's definitely possible. I, I, it's un, in my opinion, a lot of it is unfair because a lot of the credit goes to the quarterback when the receiver does so well. But I think Antonio Brown does so much so well when you give him the ball in space that a lot of it isn't always predicated on Ben Roethlisberger. It isn't predicated on Ben throwing it to the perfect spot and him making the catch each and every time. They give him the ball with two, three yards of space, and he'll he'll go for six. Like, that's easy. You know what I'm saying? So I think the – He's shown that this year on multiple occasions that he has a he definitely has an argument for MVP. It's not it's not far fetched. Who was the last uh, producer? Can we pull up who was the last wide receiver to win MVP? I, I mean, I can't even remember. Was Calvin Johnson? Did he win MVP? Maybe it's never happened. Oh well, gentlemen, you're both a little wrong. I did my JV well, year Super Bowl High School. Um, he said I, he won a J- You know what? My JV my JV year my sophomore year of high school. Um, I was playing a little bit of slot. I was playing, you know, on the outside as well. Um, the team voted, which is what made it special. Look, I don't want to make this show about me, but I just wanted to clarify, make sure we're always factual. You know? what, can I ask you a question? Was your Titi at that game? Titi was at every game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Okay, so I want to raise a conversation here, all right? As we know, Carson Wentz has been sidelined with an AC, an unfortunate torn ACL injury just to add to the long list of star players in this league uh, getting injured do you think Philadelphia Eagles should bring in Colin Kaepernick do you think Nick Foles is the answer should they bring in Colin Kaepernick I know it's late in the season I know it's week 14 or whatever the case may be Um, but Colin Kaepernick is out there and in my opinion I think he can help this team win and if he comes in now and leads them through the playoffs and potentially to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. this could get interesting. Here's what I'll say. I'm going to take all of the emotion out of it. I'm going to take all of the bias out of it, and I'm going to keep it as simple as I can. A team owners, a team GM, and a team head coach, their job is all the same and very simple, to put their team in the best situation to win. Exactly. And very similar to how I feel about you and your situation to bring it close to home, he's at least owed the opportunity to come in and see if he can help them win. And the fact that he's not being brought in to at least see if he can help them win lets you know it's more than football. I agree. And, and, and if they don't bring him in, it's extremely unfortunate for him in his career. Obviously, he's you know doing other things, and he's ex- extremely happy with the things that he's doing off the field and making a change and being a voice uh, for the youth and all the things that he's passionate about. But from a football perspective, it's just wrong, man. I think I mean we've talked about this in our show before. It's just wrong, and and I and it's it's just terrible that we live in an age where someone can't you know, profess or, or or have a voice about something they feel that's affecting our world without being, you know, ridiculed and, and subjected to this kind of separation from his career that has been going on. So it, it's, it's you know, it just really rubs me the wrong way. That's all. A hundred percent. And I think what rubs me the wrong way, even worse than that, is when people try to act like that's not, like there is no other reason. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me. Can't I'm not tell even me, saying yeah. he's a starter. You can't tell me he's not a backup in the NFL. Exactly. Right? We've discussed That's my it. thing. That's my thing. 
going even further. Now you have starters getting hurt with backups stepping up. He's not a third-string quarterback now? Yep. The, the, the biggest slap in the face for me was when Ryan Tannehill went down in Miami and they reached out to a guy that had already retired mm-hmm. and, and was already had a gig on TV about to do broadcasting. Yep. They reach out to him, and not only do they sign him, but they pay the man $10 million for that year. I'm talking about Jay Cutler, ladies and gentlemen. And don't even consider even giving Colin Kaepernick a phone call. He, he's, the, he's, the same, he's the same guy that said, I don't got to be in shape because I play quarterback. Exactly, Was that exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing, man. It's like, honestly, you know, that's just one snapshot of, like, the league, right? Like, there's so many instances of, like, clubs he could help and again listen there's so many instances where we're not sure he can help exactly. but it cost him nothing to bring him in and see that's what i'm he saying he hasn't even sniffed a look forget starting a look i think it's because of the, the i mean just the fan outrage man it's just that's what these teams are scared of that's what the ownership is scared of is fans potentially boycotting or not but coming guess, to games guess what, you know though, what i mean man. They're already boycotting. They're already boycotting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Toilet, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to take an owner, you know, hopefully. But, here, you know, here, here's what I'll say, and we can move on from this. Um, I'll say, your daughter's how old? How old is Kennedy? She's five years old. When Kennedy's 25, she won't even remember that Colin played football. She'll remember him for, like, the amazing, incredible movement-shifting things he did off the field. Exactly. So to me, that's just it's that's not even name. more powerful yep. than anything he could have done on the field. It is unfortunate, but I believe that you know the change he's bringing and the change he will bring, the next generation and the generation after them won't even know he played football. They'll know him as being an activist, which I think is is pretty. And that's and, and and sometimes that's even better. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? That's even better. So speaking of powerful and speaking of you know. Guys that do things that shift the culture and shift the world. Kith and LeBron James, and, and, and as well as Nike, of course, have collaborated on a shoe called, and, and not just a shoe, it's an entire project. There's visuals, there's an entire story that goes along with this shoe. And it's called uh, the Long Live the King program with our guy Ronnie Feig and Kith and LeBron James. They recently just po- posted a video of Ronnie presenting this shoe to LeBron while LeBron's getting the cut. And he's basically explaining the shoe, and the shoe's super dope. Um, so I guess uh, on behalf of everybody here at the Victor Cruz Show, we want to congratulate Kith and LeBron and Nike yep. on an amazing collaboration. Did you see the shoe, P? You like it? I did see it. I think, look, I think for me it hit maybe closer to home than most, and I know you feel the same. You know, the word collaboration is one that gets thrown around far too often and every day. And I have a friend, you know, shout out to uh, Richie Cruz and Ruben Rivera if they're listening, that uh, they always joke, like, who's next? Windex? Who's next? Like, you know, like people are doing collabs with brands just to do them. And I think this is one of those that when you saw it, you're like, hell yeah. Yep. It makes perfect sense, right? Um, and I think both brands got something out of it, right? So, you know, Ronnie and Kith got something out of being able to work with LeBron, and LeBron and Nike got something out of being able to work with Kith. Exactly. I thought the shoe itself was super dope. Um, I've come to expect the rollout. You know, Kith might be the best in the business, and um, just how they storytell, how they get. They don't just do a shoe or a product and say, 
it's gray and black because it's gray and black. Yep. You know, there's a story behind everything, so I thought it was dope. I thought the, the, the telling sign for me and, you know, LeBron and I go back uh, a lot of years now at this point. Um, you saw the video. You just referenced it. When he saw the shoe, he was actually quiet. Wow. Right? That lets you know, like, he was, like, taken aback, like, oh, shit, like, like this is dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is a guy that's been doing this 15 years now, so it takes a lot to kind of, you know, make him speechless, and he was speechless. I thought, I thought it was super dope. I love everything about it. I mean, the collaboration is dope. There's actually apparel and stuff that goes along with all of this, and, uh, and I know there's a couple colorways dropping. It's going to be... It's going to be dope. I just, you know, RF, Kith, I'm a size 11. P's the same size. I'll, I'll wait for my pair in the mail. However they come. I'm not picky at all. PR's a picky one. He wants it delivered with bows and wrapping papers to holidays. I don't need that. Throw it to me in a bag, plastic bag. I'm good. I'm good, you know? I'm from Patterson. It's all good. The problem here is, you just, you just mentioned it, we're both a size 11. That's the issue. That's the issue. We'll just assume they're for you. If they're <laughs> the rest of the show, how you know it's not to me? Oh, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, I want to pitch to, I want to segue into an interview with my guy, Mercedes yeah. Lewis, came on the show, man, and, and gave us a great uh, interview. We're going to pitch it to him right now, um, to that interview right now, and then, uh, and then we'll rejoin you guys shortly. Bortles, deep shot. touchdown today for Mercedes Lewis. All right, guys, welcome back to the Victor Cruz Show. We got my guy on the show. I'm excited to have my brother on him, man. He's always been a good dude, one of the, you know, longest tenure players in the NFL as well, always killing it year in and year out. Mercedes Lewis, how you doing, man? Talk to the people. I'm doing good, man. What's going on? I'm just uh, in between the meetings. I just got the cold tub, uh, getting ready for the Texans, man. Nice. That's what's up. Um, okay, before we get this thing going about all the football and all the rah-rah questions, I got some rapid fire, some fun stuff to, to kick off the show. You ready? Yeah, it's good. All right. If Mercedes Lewis wasn't a football player, what would he be? <laughs> if I wasn't a football player, I'd probably be hooping somewhere. That's true. I, I have seen the footage of you hooping. <laughs> you got some game, G. I can't even front on you on that one. Okay, uh, like me, obviously you're into the fashion. Obviously, both very fashionable dudes. Uh, what's your go-to fashion tip? If somebody asked you something about about fashion, my go-to fashion tip: uh, simple is perfect. Period. That's what's up. Um, that's always my motto too. Less is more. You don't want to do too much, man. There's a lot of guys yeah, out there do. doing too much. Exactly. Uh, like I'm not necessarily a, uh, like I don't have to have like four different labels on. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that that crazy. I feel like if I can keep it simple but then have one thing that's like a conversation starter, then I'm good. Exactly. That's all you need. Um, okay, next question. Biggie or Tupac? Uh, I don't do this. <laughs> I'm putting you on the this. spot. You know oh, that. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, obviously, I grew up on the West Coast. I'm from Long Beach. 
so, you know, I had to go with Tupac, but Biggie, uh, I mean, I, I listened to both of them equally uh, growing up. You know, so it's, it's, it's kind of tough. I mean, both of them were lit, but I probably have to go with Tupac. Okay, I respect that. I'll be the East Coast representative and say Biggie. I'll, you know, we'll play both sides of that coin. Okay, sure. uh, MJ or LeBron? Ah. Ooh, we we hitting the tough ones today. Yeah. Uh, damn. I played against LeBron in high school. Um, How many points did he put up on you? He well, he put up forty four points on our uh, on our guard. Wow. Was playing guard, <laughs> I love how he says he like, on our guard. Like you wasn't on the team too, though. Right. Well, it's crazy because I mean he was my size playing guard, and I was a four. That's so crazy. I, and uh, I played against him in the big time tournament in Vegas, and uh, he he got busy on our team. So I probably, I mean, obviously MJ, but I mean I, I've seen all of LeBron's games basically, and mm-hmm. watched him actually grow into who he is right now. Uh, so LeBron is like a close second. Okay, I, that, that's how I got it too. I'm not I'm not ready to put him over MJ just yet, man. It's just I'm just not, not ready. And it's funny when you look at the bodies of work. LeBron definitely has an argument, especially in assists yeah, and rebounds yeah. and, and all of that. Exactly. So, LeBron is he's LeBron is eating. And he always he's always been eating. And as far as like stats and all of that, like like he's lit, bro, but it's but the championships is what it is, you know? One hundred percent it's about them rings. And he you know, knows you, that. You have a tough argument. Exactly. Okay, last question, Mercedes. How many Mercedes do you actually own? <laughs> I don't own any. I got a range of it. Oh, the irony in that. <laughs> All right, man, let's get into some football stuff. I mean, just talk about your longevity for a little bit, man. You've been playing in the league since 2006. Just to name some guys in your draft class, MJD, Greg Jennings, Devin Hester. All these guys are – the guys I just mentioned are all done playing. I mean, you played in over 10 games and 11 of your 12 seasons. Like, what's this vibe of this season compared to other seasons in your in your, in your past? I know you guys are – Top the division, balling out of control. What's the what's the vibe of this year compared to others? Uh, you know what? I think it's it's more of a culture shift uh, this year. You know, in years uh, before this year is like, you know, I've have been on some good teams, but we've never been on the same page uh, equally. You know, from top to bottom, uh, whether it be in the locker room or you know just in the building, uh, as far as management in general, it's just we haven't been on the same page. I think this year, you know, everybody's just all pulling in the same direction. Uh, you got young guys who, you know, are, are following the lead of the older guys who get it. You know, you got older guys in here that are not necessarily bitter about, you know, getting paid, but actually winning winning ball games. And I think that's first uh, and foremost, and, and everybody gets it. So, you know, it's been a pleasure to go to work every morning. That's a that, that that's one of the biggest things for me, especially when you know with the Giants when we were winning games, it was so much about feeling that camaraderie and things clicking at the right time. I think, you know, there's games that go on in the regular season where you're winning games and you're having a good year, but there's something those special teams just have something that click at the right time, and you start winning games and it starts snowballing and everybody's having fun and that's when you know you got something special. And I think just watching the Jaguars this this season so far. You guys have that kind of camaraderie with everyone being in that special place, and it's been fun to watch. Yeah, no question. I mean, I feel like, you know, it all started in camp. Like, this year was one of our toughest camps. That, you know, I've been I've been here, uh, and, you know, I really understood it 
uh, understood that this is going to be a good year is when, you know, we were actually fighting again in practice. You know, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, we've definitely created an environment where, you know, competition is uh, number one, right, and making sure that everybody is, is playing at the level that, uh, you know, you can respect and, and know that they're going to bring their stuff every single Sunday. And so, you know, that's that's trickled over into, you know, us putting the best product out there on the field. So uh, it's a good feeling. That's what's up. I mean, I've been, I've been, I was gonna wait to ask you this. I didn't, um, you know, before I knew you were gonna be on the show, and I was gonna ask you this in person. But how much, if any, has Coach Coughlin? I call him Coach still, obviously, but Tom Coughlin. Right. How much is he around? Is he hands on? Is he talking to guys? Like, you know, is he or is he kind of out the way, kind of managing things <laughs> from a bird's eye view? Nah, I know that's not, not his style at all. <laughs> he's definitely not out the way. But he's at practice. He's in every single meeting. He's he's everywhere. His his, his handprint is on everything that we do around here. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's been good for us because we're such a young team, uh, and it's good for them to know what the culture is supposed to be like, right? And he's one of those guys that you know you know what you're going to get out of out of him every single day. And those those are the people that you respect. You know, if, if you're going to be a if you're going to be strict, then be that every single day. You're going to be, you know, a coach that's, you know, unless you get away with it a little bit, be that way every day. You know, and he's he's definitely a guy that uh, knows what he wants. Uh, and, you know, he, he uh, rubs off on everybody in that way. So it's been good. That's what's up. I mean, I remember uh, when I was playing or, you know, a year ago, um, I had Odell Beckham. He was kind of the young kid that, you know, kind of looked up to me and we had a great relationship, still have a great relationship, a mentor, kind of a mentorship uh, kind of thing with him and I, and and I know you have guys like Jalen Ramsey, and uh, and obviously Leonard Fournette. What mm-hmm. role do you play in the mentoring of of, of those young guys? Because they're tremendous talents that are going to be a part of that Jaguar organization for a very long time. How do you go about just keeping their heads on straight and making sure that they see the bigger picture? Well, you know, for me, um, I'm not necessarily a rah rah type leader. Uh, I, I go and you know, lead by example and do things the right way and uh, rub off on people in that way. Uh, and, you know, I, I've talked to both of those guys on a couple of different occasions just on uh, how to conduct themselves as pros and how to, you know, just trust the process. You know, it's easy when you come from winning organizations that when you get in the league and you, you, you don't win as much, you know. Fortunately, this year we've been um, on the better side of the stick. Uh, but you don't always win as much. You know, you come to the league and you face some adversity. It's good to have an older guy uh, to kind of sit you aside and let you know how it's really supposed to be. Uh, and so, you know, those guys are remarkable young talents. They're going to be good for a very long time in this league. And, you know, we're, we're blessed to have them on this team. That's dope. I remember guys like uh, Osium and your Justin Tuck. Those are guys I had kind of coming up and teaching me the ropes. And obviously as a, you know, as a free agent, you listening to anybody that has any type of clout, uh, you know, ahead of you in that locker room. So having guys like that definitely helped me, For sure. um, you know, progress. Okay, so I want to talk about your quarterback a little bit. I watched you guys. I was doing some work, some, some, uh, some work with Yahoo, and I went to the game in London really early in the season, and Blake Bortles actually looked good. You know, he was throwing the ball right, right. well. You caught an ill touchdown early in the game. I think you had a couple that game, actually. And, um, and and it was just a good game to watch, and I was impressed with how he was able to deliver the ball 
and really command that offense in that game. Obviously, he's had his ups and downs throughout the year. But in the last three games, he's got six touchdowns and just one turnover. Talk to me about how he's progressing and what you've seen in him this year. Well, I think, uh, you know, first of all, when we lose, you know, Blake takes the brunt of that. And when we win, I think he should take the brunt of that as well. Uh, Blake is a guy that wants to be really good in this league, um, is very coachable, uh, doesn't blame guys when, you know, they're not in their right spots or where they're supposed to be or they're dropping balls. You know, like he's just always one of those guys like, hey, we'll get it next time, right? And so I've, I've literally watched Blake from the inception when he first got here to now, just the way he commands the offense, the way he is in the huddle, you know, the maturation process that he's gone through over these last two or three years is just totally different. And uh, it's, good, it's kind of it's good to see him in a, in a space where, um, you know, he knows that we believe in him and that, you know, we have each other's back. Um you know, it, I think the biggest jump uh, Blake has made is the, the the stuff in the huddle, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can always tell, you know, what kind of confidence your quarterback has in the huddle exactly. before you can get to the line of scrimmage, right? And he he definitely has stepped it up from that standpoint. He gives everybody hope when he's in the huddle. So by the time we get to the line of scrimmage, we know that he's uh, making his reads and that he's sharp, and that goes a long way. That's the biggest tell sign, man. There's a there's a noticeable difference when you step in the huddle with a guy like Eli Manning, and then you step in the huddle with the guy. You know, the next year I'm in Chicago, and you got a guy like Mike Glennon comes in the huddle. No, no disrespect right. to Mike Glennon, but you just know right. you can tell the difference in the level of confidence between Eli Manning and Mike Glennon. You know what I'm saying? So when they come For in the sure. huddle and that starts to change, and you feel that confidence in the play calling then you can see the change in their demeanor and their play on the field, and I think that's what's helping Blake. And obviously, a run game like Leonard Fournette, keeping everything balanced, and a defense like y'all got, I mean, it's it's uh, it's easy to be confident, too, when you got that support cast. No question about it. Y'all had a big win against the Seahawks, man. Take us into that locker room after that win. Man, I don't want to sound cliche, uh, but... <laughs> It was literally like it was just, it was another game for us, right? Like, even going yeah. into that whole entire week, it was like, okay, we know what we have coming in here. We know what they are. Uh, but don't make too much of it, right? We got to go out there and still do what we're trained to do and do what we're coached to do. Uh, nobody has to go out there and be Superman or do anything more than what you're coached to do. And I think that was the emphasis that whole entire week. And so by the time we got out there, it was just like, okay, let it fly. We're about to really see what's really good. Right, you got two defenses that have the same scheme, mm-hmm. right? And then you know you go to our offense, who you know we've had our ups and downs, uh, but we know we have a, a really good run game once we get going. And Blake has been playing lights out the last few weeks, so it's just about just going out there and, 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 and seeing what happens, you know. And we went out there and took care of business and played physical, fast, and you know the, the locker room was not overly lit, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it was it was it was a good win for us. It's tough in the league, too, because you, you get in those positions where you got these big games on the schedule and you get geared up for them and you play well and then you win them and you're excited about it. But it's like, OK, we got to flush next this week. one because we got to get ready for the next one. You know, you can only <laughs> enjoy those games. You you plan six days for one day and you enjoy and you win it and you can only enjoy it for a couple hours till you got to get yeah, ready for the man. next one. The it game is, is so tricky. like never that. get it. Exactly. Like 
next game mentality, you know? 100%. So you guys are heading into the playoff stretch. Only a couple games left in the regular season. Obviously, you guys are leading the division right now. Um, and, and you guys are just getting ready for that nice playoff push in order to play for home field advantage. How's Mercedes getting prepared for this for this stretch, man? How are you getting ready? Well, yeah, well, for me, you know, mentally, uh, it's where it's set for me, obviously. I, I work my mind, you know, more than I work my body. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty, you know, I'm healthy. No major injuries, just continue to do my routine or whatever, but just mentally staying intact and making sure I bring the young guys along with me and, you know, making sure they understand that, you know, the opportunity that we have right now, it doesn't happen all the time. I'm in my 12th year. I'm 33 years old. I've been to the playoffs once. Wow. You know, so I think perception and reality and that thin line between those two are super important and letting them know, you know, how important it is to really seize the moment. Absolutely. I think people need to understand that, man. There's guys that play in this league for years and don't ever make it to the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? You got guys that are, you know, Joe Thomas is like a perennial Hall of Famer already, and he hasn't been to one playoff game. Right. Like, that's insane. Right. That's we got insane. a guy on our team, Paul Buzlesby, in his 11th year. This yep. is his first winning season. That's ins- That's crazy. Like, that's you know I mean? crazy. <laughs> like, but it puts and, it all in perspective, man. And I man. can tell you that I know it's not because of him. Exactly. You know what I mean? You got really good players that have never really experienced winning season. 100%. And I always say it's not always the best teams that win Super Bowls. It's always the healthiest teams that get hot at the right times. Literally, that's it. So before I let you go, I got a couple questions for you. What are you listening to right now, Mercedes? What's in the headphones before games in a whip when you're driving to the game or driving to practice or just chilling? What, what's, what's, what's bumping right now? Uh, I got a little uh, Travis Scott. Uh, got a little Jay-Z. Um, normally when I'm stretching or I'm out there on the field getting ready, I like to listen to like dubstep. Okay. A little bit of, a little bit of house. Like that's just how I am. I mix it up a little bit. I like it. I like it. That's what's up. How do you feel about, uh, um, Chip Kelly is now the head coach of UCLA. Uh, how do you feel about that? I think it's a good move. Yeah, I think it's a good move I think he's a really good collegiate coach. Um, you know, he actually reached out, so I'm going to be talking to him after this week, uh, you know, just to go over the culture and stuff like that. But I think it's going to be good for, you know, the university and uh, a step in the right direction. That's dope. I love Chip Kelly. A lot of people don't know this, but he was the, I believe he was the offensive coordinator or the head coach of the University of New Hampshire when I was at UMass. And they were oh, our rivals. Okay. So for three years, they were our literally our rivals, and we would play them. And his offense was so crazy. Like we we would never we would literally stand up and watch his offense from a you know from our offensive perspective right. when they were on the field because it's just like he's got all these different plays and crossing routes and you know different handoffs. You're just like, what's going on? So um, I'm excited to see Chip Kelly perform in in, in UCLA, man. Mercedes, I want to thank you. For jumping on the show, dog. Always appreciate you, my brother, of course. So good luck to you the rest of the way. I'll obviously be tuned in. And uh, you're definitely welcome to come back on the show whenever you like. Yeah, no question, man. Thanks for having me. Shit, I'll see you soon, bro. Appreciate you. Say no more, bro. Be good. All right, man. All right, peace. Um, I'd like to congratulate my guy, Mercedes Lewis, joining the show again. He said he played against LeBron. I don't know if you heard, but he played against LeBron in high school uh, during his AAU run. And the first thing I go is like, how many points did he have on you? And he said forty four. But he said the best part of the the best part he said he had forty four on our guards. 
I'm like, bro, you, so you weren't playing? Like, what are you talking about? Um, so you know, so, people get defensive quickly. They're like, nah, nah, like, I was on the bench when he did that. I mean, exactly. you only had, like, six against me. Oh, like, nah, uh, he ducked, like, six times, but I wasn't there. Like, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't under the basket or anything. Um, but shout out to Mercedes Lewis. The Jacksonville Jaguars are top of the division right now, killing it, um, getting ready to make that playoff push. And obviously, P, they're fighting for that uh, number one spot so they can get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And I think Jacksonville hasn't had that in God knows how long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, too. The little bit I've seen of them, like, they're playing with a, and I hate this word, but they're playing with a swagger defensively that you've never seen from them before. Uh, 100%. They're exciting to watch, uh, so I'll keep an eye on them as well. Speaking of exciting to watch, me and you had a conversation about this, P, via, I think it was, like, Instagram. I mean, we, me and P talk on, like, nine different, like, networks. It's either Instagram or text message or he'll call me. <laughs> um, but we had this MVP conversation in yep. the National Basketball Association. And um, obviously LeBron is always in the conversation every year. But this year is different because LeBron is doing things in his 15th year that we haven't seen before. The past, He has 17 assists the other night, P? 17 assists. I mean, come on. Like, let's be serious. Uh, oh, he had 25, 25, 17 assists, and seven boards, I want to say. Don't quote me. And the 25 was on 11 or 13 shooting. Just efficient passing the ball well, giving it to guys in spots to make open jump shots and opening them up with the pass game and backdoor. I mean, he's just – he's got eyes in the back of his head, man. And I, But it's hard not to talk about James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> like, Because yeah, James Harden is out here wilding. <laughs> like, seriously. But obviously LeBron, he's just doing so much for his team. And, and, you know, the argument, I guess that's what makes the NBA so great is that the argument can always go either way. You know, who's able to sustain that in the long haul is the question. Um, but who you got Who you got right I think I know the answer to this right now, but who you got in the MVP race right now, P? Yeah, listen, I mean, everyone knows where I'm going with this, but I'll give the reason first. I think when you look at most valuable player, it's the player that's most valuable to his team. And I would argue with anyone, including James Harden himself, that no one is more valuable to his team and does more for his team than LeBron James. Both not taking anything away from James Harden, not taking anything away from the sensational season Kyrie Irving's having over in Boston. He's playing lights out and has done playing lights out. Jersey. Uh, He's from New Jersey. He's a Jersey, but in terms of playing both sides of the floor, in terms of playing point guard when you're down two point guards, in terms of guarding the best player on the other team, in terms of taking over in the fourth quarter and leading the four, leading the NBA in fourth quarter scoring, I mean anything his team needs, he does. Right now they're playing without the third leading scorer in the NBA last year. Isaiah averaged twenty nine last year. Yep. He's playing without him and has them. You know, I think they've won whatever it is fourteen out of the last fifteen or something. Um, you know, they're playing without Tristan, so he's played big when he needs to play. I mean, he does it all. That said, James Harden, to your point, having an incredible year as well. I mean, incredible the, year. The ease in which he scores the it's ball insane. is insane. It's crazy. It's almost like the game's in slow motion for him. Exactly. Like he can he can get to any spot in the court, any shot he can make. He's got range. He can go to the rack. He'll bang on you if you're not if you're like you know if you slipping down there. Yeah. Like he's got so much to his game. But LeBron is so impressive. Because, and you alluded to it, losing Derrick Derek Rose for a couple games or however long he's been out. Isaiah Thomas obviously hasn't played in the Cavalier uniform yet. 
you know, guys are injured. Kevin Love was out of the lineup the other night. Like, you know, guys are just for a month. they're just plugging guys. Kevin Love's out for a month. Tristan's out for a month. Like, you got guys that they're just interjecting, and LeBron is making everybody look great. And I think that's what exemplifies a star and an MVP. So we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a tight race. Let me ask you this. I'm not going to let you off the hook. I won't ask you who you think is going to win MVP. Who are your top four MVP considerations? Top top four MVP consideration? I got to go in no specific order. No order. But put Uh, LeBron first. Oh, LeBron James, James Harden, uh, Kyrie Irving. Um, Where it gets spicy. It does get spicy because I like, I like, um, I like the Greek Freak man. I got, I got to give him some consideration. I mean, he's been, yeah. he's been killing it. It's either him or I got to go. Uh, who's the fourth? This is a toughie. That might be it. That might be it. That might be it. And I will say this: I'll give an honorable mention. To that unicorn playing, <laughs> playing the Big Apple, man. Good 100%, Lord. 100%. He's doing things. It's so funny to see him play, P, because we've seen him a couple of times. He, does, he doesn't have a lot of moves. I mean, mm-hmm. he, can, he can put it on the ground and get to the rack when he needs to, but he'll literally catch the ball, foul line extended, turn around, and he's so much taller than you that he's just shooting right over the top. Like It's like you're not even there. Well, it's one of those you and I have been to, I think, two games now this year. I could be at a game with you on the floor. I can be at home on my couch with myself. And I find myself saying the same exact thing, whether to you or to myself, every time I see him play. 7-3 ain't supposed to be able to do that. 1,000%. That's what he crossed someone over. He hit a three from like five feet. I mean, he's exciting to watch, man. He's got the city super excited. So He is. He's, he's definitely fun to watch. Okay, P, so I'm in L.A. I know I, I mentioned that before. In I'm story. clear. I'm clear that you're okay. in L.A., man. Clear. It. Uh, it's sunny here and, and hot. Um, it's so ridiculous. But I'm driving around and I'm seeing all these Star Wars posters, billboards, freaking bottle tops. Like it's everywhere around here. Are you, are you a Star Wars guy, P? Do you watch The Last Jedi and all of that? Are you into that? Vic, let me tell you something, man. Let me be very clear. <laughs> I am a grown ass man, dog. <laughs> Yo, all there's right? grown men that love Star Wars, literally. Oh, there are. I mean, I would even go take it a step further than that. There's grown-ass men with children at home that dress up in, like, full, like, Darth Vader or anyone else, Chewbacca or whoever else the characters are. The best part is when they dress up their kids as, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, like, be my backup. Be my backup singer, fam. Like, like it's, it's, like, they camp out. Like, they go to the movies in full character. Like, it's, it's actually one of the most impressive things um, and I, I'm trying to think now if there's been another, like, movie franchise that's had the run they've had, that, that's been, you know, that came out the gate as important and still has the re- re- relevancy this late in the game. I mean, um, maybe, uh, no. Well, the only one that comes to mind is, like, Harry Potter, but they haven't had as many movies or, or hasn't been around nearly as long as Star Wars. Are you going to go see Star Wars? Are you going to go check it out? Are you into it? Like, are you? I'm, I'm probably not. Um, <laughs> I've probably got a lot of other things on my schedule, really, so I don't really have time for Star Wars. Here's the wild shit. I guarantee that if you or I went to go see it, it's probably... We'd love it. It's probably fire. You know, and this is going to be no shocker to you, Pete, you know who loves the Star Wars franchises? Who? 13th Witness. Of course he does. He loves these Star Wars. He's like, yo, I hope the new joint is better than the last one. He's giving me storylines. And I'm like, yo, Timmy, I don't know anything about... Any of these Star Wars movies, dog? He is 
Obi Wan Kenobi. All right, we gotta go. On that, on that note, we gotta get out of here, man. We want to thank you guys for tuning into the Victor Cruz Show. My name is you Victor know right Cruz. now, Vic, I'm not doing this again in LA, in New York, and you in LA. Either we're both in LA or we're both in New York. Listen, man, I'm not man doing this. priorities must be met. If I'm in LA, we gotta do the show out here. I can't help that. Just bring your park up, so you're good when you're getting in and out of the studio, B. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in, man. We appreciate y'all. Catch you on the next one. Peace.